All right. That's how I start podcasts. All right. It's pretty much an outside broadcast today, you could almost say, where I'm sitting in some renovations, looking over a backyard, with a giant open hole in the wall. Welcome to the checkup. My name is Brenton. And as I do, I sit down with friends and I check up. And we talk about their childhood. We go on tangents because I love tangents. If you can hear the rains because it's raining in Newcastle horribly for days, weeks, and it's still coming. Today, I'm sitting with Paul. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for, like all my friends now, a couple of years. Hey, Brenton, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm really good. I'm good because I get to talk to my friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. It really is. All right, let's get straight into it. Uh, what'd you have for lunch? To lunch, I had vegetable soup. Nice. It was good. Homemade. Made it myself yesterday. Good. Is it much left over? Not now. The kids have devoured it. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. All right, mate. Uh, let's really get into it. I want you to take me on an adventure. Uh, we're going to go back to 10-year-old Paul. I want you to... Lead me down the corridor to where Paul's room used to be and tell me all about it. All right, so uh, 10-year-old Paul, that was uh, 1985 for me. Oh, I was one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so leading down the corridor, I, I was at the last bedroom on the left. Enter the bedroom, got the uh, all the old 70s-style uh, wardrobes, the you know, the ones with the, um, the, the like, the louvered uh, panels on the front of them. Yes. Um, lots of so much wood furniture in my bedroom it was a bit ghastly um, but the furniture's not exciting it's the stuff that's sitting on top of the the, the furniture that's exciting so that's right. on top of the dresser would be um, whatever the, the the current setup that I'd done for my st- with my Star Wars figures always swapping them around so yeah it could have been a, a Hoth playset and, and all of the uh, all of the the rebel troopers and the stormtroopers coming down to to protect the base on Hoth. Mm. Oh, so you would you would change up your different dioramas on your yeah chest of drawers? yeah. The, the uh, I used to um, go between Hoth and and Jabba's palace, yep. the, th- the throne room. So um yeah, big favorite. I had the 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 Jabba the Hutt. He sat on the throne and yep. uh, yeah. Always, yeah, well, back then they they didn't have the princess Leia with um in in the slave costume in the original um series. So, but yes, yeah, so I used to oh, have really? to hook. Yeah, yeah, she only came into it with power of the force. Yeah, back in the nineties, I think they when they, they brought her back. Like, built like bodybuilders. Yeah, she was. Yeah, very masculine. Yeah, that was an odd decision that they went down. It was. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess you couldn't make it too sexual. No. Yeah, no, it is odd. But that's all right. I used to make um, yeah, I used to hook up Han to the um, to to the, the what was it like a, a a neck brace or something like that that they had for for Jabba's palace that hooked up to to the throne. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's funny. Didn't fit around the Gamorrean guards at all. No, no. big old pig necks. Yep. All right. Well, I could have guessed that Star Wars would have had a pretty big uh, place. Yeah, I used to have um, two massive posters on the wall. Um, the first one was was from seventy seven. Um, there was a, a picture of R two D two and C three PO in the corridors of the Tantive Four, um, right at the beginning of the the movie. There, yep. It had a horrible 
timber, corrugated timber frame um, around the outside of it. Um, and but my, my my favorite one was the 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 next poster, which was a Return of the Jedi poster of the the Falcon um, being chased by some Tie Fighters, some X Wings, um, really prominent red lasers shooting out towards the the the, the viewer. So yeah, it was really good sort of three D um, perspective on there, and and the the, the Death Star two looming in the background of the the poster. That was my my favorite, but. Between those two posters, I just I could get lost in them. Yeah, I, I just yeah my imagination would go wild, and then I turn back to my action figures and start playing the next scene. All right, well, okay, I'm hoping that action figures were a big part of your childhood. Massive part. I mean, I I wasn't a, a sporty kid. I'm I'm still not sporty at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, growing up in in Australia in the 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 late seventies, the eighties, all the kids are, or well, most of the kids are outside playing footy or cricket. Um, but no, nah, I'd quite happily be at home by myself, playing with my my figurines or drawing or yeah, man, I was um, the same. Yeah, you know, making puppets out of um, yeah, you know, I'd make paper puppets and and sort of do little scenes like that. So I had a really small friend group, um, and they they were just kids that were were like me that you know we we would play Star Wars. So yeah, go out the front yard and. While other kids are playing cricket, yeah, me and my, my best mate at the time, Matthew, we'd be out the front with um, cricket stumps, um, reenacting the Darth Vader and Obi Wan fight, <laughs> and and I can still feel the vibration of those stumps hitting when you when oh, we used to yeah. have those battles. God, it hurt. Yeah, that's that's and, still pretty cool though. And then you'd accidentally get get hit on the hand, the and on the knuckles. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, There'd yep. be frequently tears, but give it five minutes and you're back in there. At least you didn't lose, you know, a hand. No, that's right. No, yeah. <laughs> that could have been worse. Yeah. All right. What, what what sort of hobbies then? Like, was there anything that stood out as far as hobbies or interests? Yeah. So the, I mean, I really can't underestimate. Well, I, I understate the, the 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 importance of those Star Wars action figures for, for me. They, I collected them big time when I when I was young. Um, well, mum and dad bought them for me, and also always a huge of like huge amount of excitement when you know they they'd come, dad had come home from work and there'd be a, a new carded figure for me to open and you know that that sense of excitement to you know open up the the plastic and yep. yeah making sure you don't lose the weapon because you don't want to lose the weapon in the first five minutes of opening did it did you have any figures that you didn't open no no i played with every yeah. single one of mine and they're four right and I've, I've got them now to this day and i love them more for the fact that i played with them yeah because you got yeah. those memories yeah, it's, there's actually only one figure that I, I I bought in the last twelve months, which wasn't part of my original collection, and I'm trying to complete the. I, I've only got another four to go, and I've I've got the whole set. Um, oh, legend. And as well, it's all the hard ones. It's the the power of the force line that are hard to get. But yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've got some great memories with, with, with like the. For some reason, I got a you know the the black Tie Fighter pilot. Yeah. For some bizarre reason, he smelt perfumed. I used to sniff that guy. This is going to sound really weird, but I used to sniff that guy all the time. I'd pick him up and have a, a quick whiff and then put him in his TIE fighter. I wonder if there's something to that. Have, have you ever, like, dived into the internet? No, I, I wanted to. No, I think he's, you should. He's, he's still got a very faint smell to him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, years of storage haven't been all that kind. But he was the only figure that, that smelled nice. Yeah, right. No, I think that's something we should look up. 
You'd think it'd be Crick's Nadine or something like that, yeah? He looks like he should smell nice <laughs> with his nice aftershave. Oh, it's hilarious. And his PowerPoint slide thing that he had. Like that, that was Everyone had really cool weapons except for Crick's Nadine who had a, like a, a, a <laughs> one of those PowerPoint presentation things to move to the next slide. Well, that's all he did, right? Didn't st- he stood around the, the, the round um, 3D or, sort of say, ho- holographic projection unit and yep. told people what to do. Mm. Everyone else had cooler weapons, though. Maybe he had something hidden away in a boot. There's like a blaster that well, is. You, know. you would hope so. Yeah. He did have a holster, didn't he? Pretty sure so. he had a holster. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, what sort of, uh, back then, what sort of breakfast items would you get into? Oh, back then, everything had sugar in it. It did. Like so much sugar. Or on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so Fruit Loops, when I was really young, Fruit Loops were a big thing. Um, but... They got too sweet. Then Cocoa Pops, I like them. But again, really sweet. So, you know, you think, okay, well, I don't need something so sweet, so I'll, I'll get the rice bubbles out. And then you just put, like, teaspoons of sugar on top. I used for to some do that reason. too. It was bizarre. I would, like, have Cocoa Pops. And then, like, now I'd, I'd, I'd cringe at the idea of it, then I'd cover it in sugar. Yeah. It's mental, isn't it? What the hell? Yep. That was my. Well, I'm not going to blame my parents, but <laughs> that's they allowed me to do it. Yep, yep. And you know, even like you, know, you start, you know, moving towards like just right and stuff because you think it's the healthier choice. Still laced with sugar. Yeah, it's still got the stuff in it. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's amazing what my kids eat now for breakfast compared to what we did. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they'll have a healthy muesli, or yeah, you know, we'll yeah you know, they'll they'll get up early enough to do eggs and yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy healthy. They don't have anything like that, and we've never bought. Any of the sweet cereals for them. And oh, Flinny will have Fruit Loops. Uh, not every... I only got him every couple of weekends. Um, but when I do have him, he, he might have Fruit Loops once a month. Uh, but he, he eats them raw. So he won't put the oh milk yeah. on them. He just eats them like, you know, like it's almost like a snack. Yeah, Nutri-Grain's like, like good like that too. Yeah. Do you remember Mini Wheats? No. I, I they were, Was they that similar to the Honey... The Honey Wheats? Possibly. They had like a berry. Well, these ones were a strawberry berry inside, and then it had like wheat out out of shell. I think I do remember that. Yeah, they looked like little pillows. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. I used to eat them raw, and I have a vivid memory of playing StarCraft, and I'd have a bowl of them. And I'd, I'd <laughs> play StarCraft while eating these mini wheats. A perfect snack. Yeah, it was brilliant. I used to read heaps when I was young too. And you know more than than like a lot of the other kids at school. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, there was probably only one one other kid that that was a mate of mine that that would read a fair bit, and and we'd be sort of sharing stories and and ideas of what books to, to read. But the the David Edding series was huge for me. So the the Belgariad and the Mallorian. No, I'm not familiar. Um, and I, I was looking up for the for the release date of that to like today for for the podcast, and and I never realised that. David Eddings and and um, I think his wife is Lee Eddings, who always co-wrote the books, but she she didn't get the credit for it until much later on. But they were really close friends and um, and influenced Tolkien. Oh, so I was really quite surprised to to learn that today. I thought David Eddings was a much younger um, author. Yeah, right. No, he's yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a great series. Like yeah, the, especially the Malorian, a really good series. I need to get back into reading. I've been so lazy. Uh, I I don't know if I, I'm blaming myself that I've just, it's not hard. I think I just hold this bloody stupid piece of 
crap in my hand. Get lost in the mindless Facebook yeah. swipe. And but even then, like, I don't have any social media on my phone anymore. It's just YouTube. Um, but oh yeah, that get yeah, lost get in the, lost the next in videos. Yeah, <laughs> get lost in YouTube. Just one more video. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, most nights when I go to bed now, I'll, I'm that drained that I put YouTube on on the computer and I just lay there and fall asleep. Uh, there's once that I've woken up as like a four hour video discussion and I've woken up at one point and I'm like, oh, turn it off, go back to sleep. All right, was there any other obsessions that were unusual? Uh, did you have any collections other than Star Warsy things? Um. Probably a big influence for me were um, like computers. Yep. So we started with the Atari 2600. Had a pretty cool collection of games. Had the uh, the action replay cartridge, which would allow... Oh, no, was it? Was that for the... That might have been for the... No, I think that's w- that was for the, the C64, which was the, the next machine that we had after that. Um, so the C64 had the action replay cartridge that you could put in at, at the back and it was would hack into games. Oh and right. um, yeah, you could sort of bump up and get free lives, and and yeah, bump your your coins up and all that sort of stuff to to cheat with games. Nice. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. But we we had this is going to sound really weird, and, and I don't I haven't heard of any other family doing this. But so I I grew up in yeah we yeah mum dad my my older sister um, Kylie is she's five years older than me, and when we were young. We used to sit around the, you know, the TV would be, um, had the, the Commodore 64 hooked up to it and we would, Dad would get these Commodore magazines that printed out in the in, in the magazine were um, programs that you could type in. So you could type these things in using using BASIC and some of them, like they, they were really crap games, but I remember it, Mum and Dad would take turns reading out the lines and Kylie and I would be typing them in. Kylie lost interest really quickly, <laughs> like so she'd be she'd maybe last five minutes and like that stuff. And I'm going back up to the room to listen to NXS. Um, but but I, I'd be there with mum and dad, and we, yeah, we'd be typing out the you know like it'd be hundreds of these poke statements that are the most boring statement to to sort of type in because it's purely just poke number 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 like a series of numbers. And you get one wrong, and yep. yeah, and you don't know until you run the program oh right at the man. end. But yeah, that and so that'd be like seriously hours to to type in these programs, and or what you the the reward would be maybe an astronaut, like a really bad looking astronaut bouncing around the screen. But still, you did that. We did it together as yeah. a family, maybe and that, um, that's a moment that yeah, there. still remember it. Like it, it was pretty grueling, but I think it was for me that realization that hold on these these. These are things that I can actually, like, make things change. I can actually uh, influence what this machine is doing. Yep. You know, I don't have to just wait for the cartridge or the the five and a quarter floppy drive. You know, put get the disk in there, the program that's been supplied to us. Like, this is something that that we can actually do, and and it sparked a, an interest in me. Um, so yeah, so yeah, ever since I even when we we upgraded to the the Amiga one thousand came out in eighty five. Um, uh, which was the precursor to the Amiga twelve hundred, um, which was very popular. So the 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 one thousand was very much like a like a standard PC desktop, um, and it was so so very much mimicked what the IBM machines were doing at the time. Yeah, it had some great games on that, like Shadow of the Beast, and um, there was a Three that. Stooges one, the Rocketeer, Defender of the Crown. Um, a lot, a lot of my favorite games are by Cinemascope. 
yeah, they seemed to, like, and they had the best graphics for for them for the time. Yeah, for the time. Yeah, I remember having a Commodore sixty four. Um, it was given to us by uh, the guy that lived across the road from my uh, nan and pop's place. I'm pretty sure that's where it come from. A long time ago, but we, I remember having Ghostbusters on it. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorite games on the C sixty four. God, I felt like a legend when I f- I killed that marshmallow man for the first time and it was so hard to do i don't think i ever did <laughs> I, don't, I really don't think i ever got that far into it i just drove around the city just doing aimless shit the um what was another one that was on there Paperboy, i think oh yeah 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 that was on there man i i cannot remember anything else other than Paperboy and ghostbusters but there was a really good one i can't remember the name of it but it was you're on a a little motorbike like a trail bike and you'd be just driving through um i swear it was like a, an amusement park and you could go at roller coasters and all sorts of stuff. I don't really remember the point of it. No, there probably was no point. Just, uh, just ride your bike. I wasted hours on it though. Well, that's a good game. Yeah, that's a good game. I like that you brought up about. <coughs> excuse me. I like that you brought up talking about how y- you were entering in those codes, and it really opened something up inside you for learning. Yeah. So, obviously, did that ever? Those those hobbies there did did that influence your adult life like into a career massively yeah, yeah massively um so moving on like to from from the C sixty four we were writing that code and then and then the Amiga like everything got better and better obviously with it, with each generation um and you, you the tool sets that that you could like you know um that you could program in um got much better so I think the Amiga had a tool called at Amos. Um, and, and and that was quite a low level programming tool. And then there were other ones that sort of um, you know did a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So you could spend your time building your sprites and your characters, and and you really just did a lot of the logic. Um, but that excitement, I, I think that fun and that excitement of being able to get the computer to 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 be able to control the computer and do a lot of things with it um, really yeah, got me interested in um, in doing PC support. So my first job, I, I was a computer trainer. And that then stemmed into PC support um, as well. So that was the first time I actually started you know, looking under the hood of these things and putting together my first um, first computer from scratch. And you know, for, for years, that, that was a passion to, to, to just constantly upgrade the computer and you know, you know putting more memory in there, better graphics cards. And I, I wasted a lot of money on, the, on that stuff. It wasn't wasted, but it was, yeah. It was invested yeah, in your... Always getting the latest stuff and it yeah. was, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, my career for 25 years I, I was a, a web developer so I was able to use those skills um, the, the graphic design skills that I learnt on the Amiga um, you know a lot of that translated into um, I think I was using tools like Fantasia and stuff like that on, on the Amiga and but some of those concepts translated through well to Adobe Photoshop um, you, know, you know using more mature tools um, and then from there, that stemmed to, to using you know, Adobe Premiere and um, and then obviously the, the coding tools as well. Yeah, I, I think my first program I, I used was Front Page Designer. That was a really annoying because you'd write all your code and then you'd go to the designer view and it'd rewrite the code on you. Um, nice. But but that, I mean that yeah, that was my career for like yeah, twenty five years. I was a, a web developer, so doing um, you know. At the beginning, doing front end, back end, but um, yeah, towards the end, to sort of just looking after the back end code, um, but and yeah, the still very creative, even though it's it, it's coding, the just problem solving and and getting the computer to to do what you want it to do, um, 
you know, in the age of the internet was um, yeah pretty awesome. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm not cutting code anymore, uh, and not really on the tools so much. So I'm sort of at that um, that that more senior level now, and that was a career decision to to sort of it was getting harder and harder to try and keep on top of um, of all the changes. So um, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd take a slight different approach with the the career. But yeah, no, absolutely, it was um, hugely influential influential on for my career. Awesome, that's that is really awesome because I love it when when we can see things that we love in our childhood can influence so much further into our future. Yeah, so dad, um, dad always had a passion. He still does have a passion for gadgets. Um, he rarely understands them, <laughs> but he's got the love. Yeah, yeah, to, to want to know more about it. So, I, I, and I think he was just at that generation where, yeah, I mean, there were all these new computer bits and pieces were coming out, and and for dad, it wasn't even that. It, it you know, he'd get the he, we were one of the first to get the microwave. Um, you know, dad was always on top of this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, with computer stuff, he, yeah, he he always got it. Was crap at the games, but loved watching us play them. Yep. Um, and so I think he was kind of living through us a fair bit. Um, but yeah, even still, he, he's always getting the latest iPad. Um, you know, it always rings me because he can't use them. But <laughs> he's always getting the latest gear, and yep. um, yeah, so yeah, he's always had that passion, and and I think um, yeah, I, I've had that as well. All right. Now, I remember you just mentioned that your sister is quite into NXS. Yeah. Is there any music that you remember from the childhood days that back when I was ten? Sure. Um, so I, I guess when I was ten. My music influence was mostly dad. Mum, mum never really got into the only music mum liked was Tom Jones, and uh, yeah, I think there wouldn't be many mums that didn't like Tom Jones. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but no, mostly dad. So he was right into um, yeah, being British. He he was right into to the Beatles. Um, but yeah, things like uh, oh, the John Williams was huge. Like because I, I love mo- like movies, like so Star Wars and science fiction, um, and. Man, we, I, I grew up in. I, I feel, re- and maybe all our generations feel this way, but I honestly feel like I grew up in a, in a time where we had some phenomenal, groundbreaking movies that the, are still influencing makers today. I think the eighties and the nineties are probably some of the best. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ghostbusters was eighty four. Yep. So I, so when I was ten year old, I'm I'm quite sure I still would have been wearing my my Ghostbusters t shirt. Um, which you saw everywhere. Yeah. Um, do you remember that in the eighties? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, oh no, so eighty-five year would have been one year old. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, yeah, and and it's probably a shirt I have. <laughs> but it's it's one of those. I mean, things. Yeah, yeah these days, um, you know, with the aid of the internet, you know, the things take the world by storm. Like every other week, there's something new taking the world by storm. But back then, in the eighties, it wasn't like that at all. It'd take months sometimes a year for a movie that got released in the US to come out here. Yeah, I think with Ghostbusters we it was released in July or June in America and we didn't get it till November, I think. Yeah, that hurt with the Star Wars films. That that yeah. really hurt. It was the same with Star Wars, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um but the advantage too is that you got wind that the movie was out but it was still pretty easy to stay spoiler free. Yeah, at least nobody can tweet about uh, it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It was so much easier to to avoid the spoilers. So, um, but when a phenomenon like Ghostbusters hit the world, 
it was huge. It's a like, magical movie, man. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's still one of my favorite all time yeah. time movies. I, the 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 music was mm-hmm. was great. The that theme song, yeah. um, but everything about that movie is just yeah. It, it's it's almost a perfect film. It is almost. I I might be biased, but yes, yeah, it is. So um, so Ghostbusters was big, but we had Goonies that was um around that time as well. Um, Flight of the Navigator, Explorers. Um, what else was around? I, I wrote down a few. Um, but a lot of the the theme songs and stuff. That's the that's where your musical. It was so John Williams was a huge part of my life. Yep. Um, yeah, Dad really enjoyed the soundtracks, and and I still to this day love listening to soundtracks. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, John Williams. So yeah, from Jaws, Indiana Jones. Yes. Oh, he was a big influence on on yeah. on, on me when I was a kid. Um. Yeah, all, all obviously the Star Wars movies, E.T. Um, you know, and then yeah, you move into Alan Silvestri, you know, who did the um the, the Star Trek, um theme and and Back to the Future, and he does the Avengers theme for the new ah, does he? Okay. stuff. He does he does a bit of that too. So so this is before the the James Newton Howards and all that, but um yeah, so we we've still you know got a great collection of conductors, um out here and, and composers, but yeah, so John Williams was huge. Um, Dad really liked. Jean-Michel Jarre, who is a, a French electronic artist, okay. um, who's still doing it big, uh, like you know. um, so yeah, so, so, so that sort of yeah came down on me as well. Dad and the dad like Buddy Holly and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah cool. I've got a, a really good appreciation of some of that old rock. Dad never got into the the US stuff, but um, but I've grown to, to to love that. So I mean, I love my, my Rolling Stones and um, yeah, but it was. After that, so, so yeah, I guess music. Apart from th- that stuff, um, music wasn't a huge part of my life until the nineties. So yeah, when I hit high school, yep. that's when it became a massive infl- influence for I, me. So, I, being I born in eighty four, and my musical love kicked off in the nineties. Really, so it, for me, nineties music is always going to be the best yeah. genre. Um, yep. Music today is just <laughs> horrible. There's some gems that come through every now and again, but man, the nineties, like it's almost everything was awesome. Yep. Everything. Uh we'll, we'll, unless you've got anything else from uh Wee Paul time. I've got one quirky story. So my grandfather was a, a huge influence on me as well. Um so when I was I was young I I, I think I wanted to be to, uh, I was pretty creative, so always drawing always writing stories. Um, mostly they were just bad rehashes of stuff that was um, the flavour of the month at that time. But still, it was a, an opportunity for me to muck around with things. Um, but Grandad was, um, yeah, he really helped um, sort of encourage that as well. So, um, so yeah, Grandad liked to, to do a bit of writing himself and, and he was writing a, a book called They'd Never Believe Us. Um, and it was really just a, a bit of an ex- exploration for him to, to, to sort of, Pretend that yeah you know, he was going through the woods walking with his his grandson Paul, and um, you know we come across it. You know, there, there was a massive storm the day before, and we come across some weird shape that's half jutting out of the the muddy ground, and we start digging it digging it out and discover it's a, a spaceship, and and you see a, a little blue man on on a on a rock, and he's talking to us, but he's not moving his lips or anything like that. So. Um, so Granddad sort of wrote a story about that, and it's really just a, an exploration and a bit of fun for him to sort of share an experience with me. But we, so I used to go to, to their place for like you know during school holidays, and they lived in Annandale in um, in town in Sydney. And 
at the side of their place they had a like a laundry that ran the entire length of the um of, of their house um and we decided to do a radio play of they'd never believe us oh that's cool and it was really cool so so we got all you know did the dolly effect so we you know we got all the um so what we actually did we we got all these rocks and put them in the laundry uh, that they ran the length of the house and and downhill <laughs> towards all the drains and then we we got all this mud all the way through the laundry. Oh dear! Um, and we sort of made rapids so that we could make the sound of the storm before the the beginning of the story. And we recorded it all. We flooded the la- the, the laundry. You don't have that anymore. Grandma freaked out, but <laughs> but it was all right. But um, yeah, I don't have. I don't even know where those uh, those recordings are now. That oh. would have been awesome to have them. Yeah. But yeah, so we um yeah so you know, Granddad narrated it. I voiced a young Paul, and um. We had an amazing time putting together this, and, and and I guess that would be a major influence on me as well. It, it would have helped some of the you know the, the I guess the the video editing that I did, and the love of doing some of the sound effects inside all of that. And yes, so it, that was a an awesome adventure that I had with with that's my grandfather. So I had a really close connection with him. That's a gorgeous memory, man. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll wrap up our. Uh Little Paul stuff. What what would be a message you'd send to yourself back then? Uh, everything you know now. What would you tell little Paul? Uh, I think three things. First one would be enjoy your childhood. I was really lucky to 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 grow up in a, a really nurturing um, and loving family. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I hit high school that um, you know some of the 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 innocence start sort of breaking down and, and you start seeing a little bit more of the world and um you know and, or you're realizing that everybody's world's not the same as yours um and and so i started seeing that some of my friends grew up in environments that were nowhere near as as um loving so you know there were you know whether, whether there was divorce um or in some extreme cases you know one of my mates um you know, was a, a victim of abuse, and you know, he's and he's, you know, he, his dad was an alcoholic, and yeah, uh, you know, and he was abusive to the kids and to and and to his wife, and I was oblivious to to that, and he was one of my really good friends growing up, and so I carried a bit of guilt of not ever knowing that and never being able to to sort of help him, but but that's probably the side's the point, but I, I think yeah, but you. Also, you didn't know, so no, no, you didn't know, and and you can't be too too hard on on you yeah. know, your, your young self, um, but. I think, you know, before the evils of the world sort of start um, encroaching your your um, you know your life, just enjoy childhood, enjoy the innocence of it. Um, yeah, so that, that that would be probably the first thing, and and I think the the other thing is, the next one would be more accepting of people. Yeah, um, I didn't realize until I was much older just how much um, some of the negative uh, opinions I had were from my parents or for, from the people that were my, my life teachers. So, you know, whether it's parents or uncles or, or grandparents. And, you know, and I, like I said, I grew up in a really loving environment, but they had all their biases and they were imparting that on me. And, you know, and, and, and again, this is the, the 80s. So, yeah, mum and dad, you know, I'll look back on that now and I don't know whether they were aware, aware of it then, but there was a fair bit of racism then. Um, you know, Australia in the eighties, and I'd like to think it's changed, but unfortunately, I don't think we we've we've matured much. No, there's always pockets of it, and there always will be. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I made a determination there that when I, I started realizing, hold on, 
this is a little bit offensive what you you know what what you're saying here and so I made a determination to go no I've got to I've got to stop that I, I can't let that continue yep. um so you know that you know my kids sort of are, you know not seeing any of that sort of stuff um and in fact even if I go to my parents you know if dad says something that's a little bit that's inappropriate I I'm I, I don't stay silent I, I you know I make a point of saying dad that's not okay you can't say that yeah. and the kids are seeing me say that as well so so that's something that I think I would probably say to to my younger self as well is is not be influenced so heavily by other people's opinions yeah. um, and their biases and their prejudices. So, and I think the other thing one would be just um, you know have faith in my own judgment. You know, listen to to um, to what my inner voice is saying, and you know, don't be led astray so easily. So there was a few times, and you know, you know even recently, some some friends that you know, well, people that sort of entered my life that. Um, that I was blinded by, um, and so I, you know, I, uh, I sort of kicked myself a little bit about that. So yeah, I just want to make sure I, I, I will probably try and ask my younger self to be a little bit more savvy. Yeah, yeah, not be so trusting in in everybody. So fortunately, most people aren't like that. There's, you know, there's, yeah, I've only ever come across one or two that in, in my life that have been nasty pieces of work. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. but they change you. They do. Uh, they. They teach you lessons that you didn't even know you needed to, yeah, to be taught. Yeah, that's it. Um, just unfortunate the way they do it. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I'm gonna move on to another little part of the show where I play some sound effects. Cool. And these are sound effects that I've chosen because I've, we've had conversations previously where we've talked about certain things, and I'm like, I'm gonna choose some sound effects that you might recognize. So, the first one is, and I think we've already talked about it a little bit. Yep, that dot matrix printer. Yeah. yeah. The printer's so loud you actually had to build a box to try and cover <laughs> up the noise. <laughs> yep. Is there a memory associated with that sound that you can think about off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the I think we mentioned before, but the, the first thing that came to my mind, I could actually smell the ink. Right. Yeah, that yeah, and, and and that's bizarre. It's really a really pungent smell. It was a cable, like it was a ribbon cable, yeah. wasn't it? Like yeah, that was the actual printer head. It's just crazy. Like I, I remember talking to Flynn. Um, he, he, I think he heard the noise. It was on a TV show or something. He's like, "What's that?" I'm like that's a printer, mate. Yep, that's what we used to use to print things. I oh, and the pain of. Swapping out the paper because it was all on that tractor feed. It was on the, the track, <laughs> and you had to make sure you lined it up, otherwise yeah. it would go in crooked. Yep, man. And, and then it, yeah, if it get caught in there, and you know what's funny, like that obviously made the world a, a huge, hugely different place because of like we're like we can print shit, but the amount of effort that it took to do that, and now we've got printers that are so basic when they don't work, we're up in arms. Yep, <laughs> and and I mean printers back. Back in the day, printers were one of those um, those assets that, um, you know, it, they were expensive, really expensive. But now it's almost as cheap just to buy a new printer. Like oh, if, if you can't be asked changing the ink. 50 bucks for a printer. Yeah, you just get a new printer, yeah. which is ridiculous. And it's so wrong. Yeah. It's such a waste. But um, I remember seeing an a invoice that my grandfather had for a computer system he bought. And the printer was half the price of the whole system. Yep. It was ridiculous. It was like two. Gr- it was four grand for the whole computer. I think the printer was two thousand dollars. 
and it was back in the day when so I, I remember um, I think the next printer we had at home was a, a thermal printer and um, you'd have to clean the the nozzles and the, the heads right. and stuff like that and well, so it wasn't a nozzle not like a jetting uh, an inkjet but um, yeah it did heat up the paper it had that thermal paper that if it got exposed to sun it'd go black yeah like receipt paper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's funny it's still being used in really you know smaller quantities but um, back that was back in the day where you didn't just go out and buy a new printer it was way too expensive so you'd have to replace parts yep so we we I remember we went through, went through a few print heads yeah the the printers are just crazy in general that is amazing all right I'll move on to another sound uh I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah that's my first phone so that was your first phone yeah I reckon it was the the Nokia yeah I had a Philips savvy I don't even know what that is. It's a tiny little phone. It's about, about the size of a couple of 50-cent pieces put together a long ways. But, um, yeah, so what what would be a memory that you had about the, the old Nokia? I remember because it was the so the first first mobile phone I had, um, and I hadn't seen a lot of phones. Um, bef- when, when I left school, my, my first job, I, I, I just laboured for, for a while with a, a, a friend who was a chippy. Um, it was an apprentice chippy. Um, and his boss had one of those massive brick phones, the ones that had the yeah, the battery unit, and yeah, right. uh, and it looked like something the army had. Yep. Yep. So, um, so that was yeah, <laughs> and that's so that's the first phone, like mobile phone, I ever saw. But but this thing, I, I thought I was king shit. I, I got my first mobile phone, had the the belt clip. Yeah, you'd proudly <laughs> wear it on display. Yeah, I think but, my dad still does have that. Yeah, and I always remember feeling like I had a, a strange tingly sensation on my skin. And I probably did because the it was leaching something into yeah. my body, but bone <laughs> seeping into your body, yep. <laughs> close to your testes. Yeah, that's well, I've got two kids, so I I, I kept it to my side. <laughs> <laughs> it's my kidneys that are ruined. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember thinking, oh, oh yeah, this is the the best. And you, you'd have to practice you you move to be able to get the phone off your your belt quickly to make sure you got the phone like you got to the calling time. <laughs> I'm doing all the buckles and clasps. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm. All right, last sound. And I don't know what this is because it's uh, beyond my time, but we did talk about this once and I thought I'm going to look up something that related to that. And here we go. Yeah, that sounds give me that gives me chills every time I hear it. Now, look, uh, this is lost on me. I've got no idea what this is. I so just, I knew, like, I looked up sound effects for the for, for the, uh, War of the Worlds and whatnot and apparently this was a pretty... Uh, Influential sound, but I don't know what. Explain to me. Yeah, so it's um Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, and it's really worth listening to. The the, the sound quality and the songs are really like they're amazing. It, it, yeah, it may obviously be dated now, but um, but it, it's actually not that bad. So you, if you, you pick up a, th- there'll be remastered ver- versions now on Spotify. Um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of a a, a radio play um musical. Um, so it's it's based on um, H.G. Wells' um, book, obviously War of the Worlds, um, and it's just some, some, a bunch of great tracks. Um, and that sound that you're playing there, that ooh-la sound, that's the sound of the um, the Martian tripods. Right. Um, yeah, they they emit that harrowing howl, and it um, yeah just sends. You, well, we used to play it pretty loud. Dad didn't, Dad never liked listening to music quietly. He had his he was proud of his sound system. <laughs> And um and yeah the the big freaking speakers and and yeah there was no conversation happening when dad had music on in the house, and he'd play that thing like really loud, 
and that that noise would scare the crap out of me. That and the there's a part where they unscrew the so that the the Martians land in um you know in these capsules, but um there's a sound of an unscrewing uh-huh. of the, the the lid, and then it drops off. Okay, that freaks me out too. So it was like the voice. It it wasn't like a sound that affected people in any way. It was just a no, no. It was just the the scream of the um, okay. the tripod. Yeah, awesome. But definitely well worth checking out. Like it's it's awesome. No, I will. I'll have to suss it out. I love I love learning about different things like that. But that uh, that was hugely influential back in the day. I, I don't even know when it came out. I don't know if it was eighties or late seventies. Um, but I went to see. Um, they, there was a, a live version of it in Sydney. Back in the nineties, um, and yeah, they yeah they they, they played it all live with it with a live orchestra and nice. yeah um, yeah live performers and it was brilliant to see it live and they had a huge, um, I mean the 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 artwork that so that the, there's two things with the War of the Worlds the the the, the soundtrack itself was was phenomenal so the, the actual story and everything but the artwork that accompanied the LP beautiful artwork so um so yeah make sure you and, and really help tell the story so you'd be you know listening to the soundtrack looking at the artwork and everything would just come to life so i would strongly strongly recommend if, if you do get the soundtrack to listen to find the the album artwork um because okay. it's it's yeah it's very reminiscent of the like the rap macquarie stuff from star wars oh wow um, but okay, yeah. yeah it's really good quality stuff but yeah i saw it live and they had like a live tripod came down and the big gl- glowing green eyes it was phenomenal so yeah. oh, that would have been trippy alrighty we'll get into the hard questions would you rather a horse sized duck or a duck sized horse I think a I think a duck sized horse be pretty cool wouldn't it yeah <laughs> Horse-sized duck would be terrifying because <laughs> those things have got to attitude at the <laughs> best of times. And you imagine if it was bigger. But if you could, if you could tra- train it, you've got a you've got a wicked house guard. Like, yeah, nobody would fuck with a duck mm. that big. And also, if it was a a duck-sized horse, you could get your Black Series figures and put it on. on the <laughs> they, they could ride the back of it. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Um. All right. Now, now the real serious ones. Uh, you're you're closer to this age than me, and, and a few people I've talked to so far. But what do you hope to achieve by fifty? Um, well, finishing these renovations, it'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really nice. The the amount of rain we've had is just really killing me. Um, well, Susan and I, Susie, my wife, we're we're sort of starting to to look towards just making sure we're setting ourselves up for for retirement. So we're we're sort of at a bit of a a transition stage you know our, our girls are, are older now so they're, they're both in high school um emily's doing the hsc this year and and you know jesse's turning 15 this year so you know we've got older children now so we're starting to look towards um the eventual retirement um you know i've still got plenty plenty of years left in me to to, to work but yeah. it's just making sure that um yeah, we're going to be comfortable. So we're sort of entering a different um, era of, of, of our lives now, a bit of a transition. We've gone past that family thing. Well, it's not we've gone past the, the young kids sort of sort of um, phase and, yeah, moving on to, to that. So really I'm I'm now looking, and you know, the reason we're doing these renovations is so that we've, we can house four adults under this house. The kids can, you know, they, they don't have to be in a rush to, to leave home. You know, they can do uni and use this as a home base. So, um, yeah, this is why we're doing these renos so we can, yeah, you know, we're not living on top of each other. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much where we're we're at now. So, 
Um, so my, my goals are very much focused on family. Yeah. Um, awesome. You know, and, and it's about yeah setting up Susan and I for retirement eventually, and then um, yeah making sure that the the girls have got um, yeah a really good start in life. And man, the the longer people can stay at home, yeah, I think the better off you really be. Like, unless you you really want to get out there and do your own thing straight away, but if you've got the ability to be like have the the love and support of your family and live in the same house, it's, yeah, that's it. It's brilliant. Why wouldn't you? And I think um, from a personal level, I I just want to keep learning. Yep. Yeah, uh, keep exploring me, learning more about um, yeah, well, you know, what makes me tick. Um, you know, it. You know, we were sort of talking about uh, one of the uh, the people that we sort of used to call friend. Uh, you know, a couple of years back. You know, it turned out to be a bit of a nasty piece of work, and um, you know, like I learned a lot from that. So yep. I'm still learning about me, um, and yeah, you know, I'll continue to do so. But but also trying to strike up a. Um, from a professional level, strike up a bit more of a work-life balance. Um, it's been tipped the um, the wrong way for for a couple of years now. Yep. So um, yeah, so I've, I just recently got myself a promotion at work, so that should help to to realise some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I you know want to focus on family, focus on my health, and um, yeah. All right. The other side of that coin is what do you fear about getting to that point? Um. I think health is a big one. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and not just mine, but you know, you know, but dad's not any like getting any younger. Um, you know, we've already lost mum, so that's playing a, a lot on my mind. So I'm spending a lot of time with dad. Um, you know, you know, he's he's fine. Everyone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's he, but but he's not. You know, like I'm making sure that that the girls are, are spending a fair bit of time with him as well. Because, you know, you can't reclaim that once they're gone. So and it's interesting. I, w- I seen a video just the other day talking about, like, the, the guy said to the, the interviewer, like, how many times a year would you see your dad? And just an example, the guy said, well, I can only see them once a year. And he goes, how many years left have they got of their life? And he goes, well, dad's, you know, blah, 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 so maybe seven years. And he goes, so you're going to see your parents seven more times. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that terrifying? Yeah. And the guys, like the interviewers are just like, shit. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're seeing dad a fair bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, he lives pretty close, but, um, but I think that's important. Um, and he gets a lot of that out of that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that keeps, keeps him young, you know, having the grandkids around. And, and I'm sure just like with your grandfather, I'm sure with the girls, he's probably doing yeah. all those good things as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, just keep an eye out with dad, and um, yeah, spending as much time as I can with with him, and and you know, and my mother-in-law as well. So Susie will be doing the same sort of thing with with her mum. Um, unfortunately, she doesn't live quite as close, but um, so we don't get to see her as often. Um, but I think for me, it's just one of my greatest fears is sort of just making sure that I'm doing a good job with my kids. You know, you, you there's no instruction manual for being a parent, and Every challenge they throw at you is new, yeah. So, um, yeah, and and it hasn't stopped, and it's, and it's been the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life, being a parent, but also the most rewarding. Um, so, but yeah, my greatest fear, especially when they hit adolescence, yeah, there, there's all those chemicals and the, the hormones in 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 the mix, and oh, yeah. you know, and you're not always good mates with with your kids, and yeah. so you know, I just want to. My greatest fear is is you know, not being good friends with my, my, my girls 
once they hit adulthood. So I've got one that's almost there, one that will be an adult this year, which is terrifying. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got one more to go. Yeah. All right, the uh, the third side of this. So if it's sort of one side is like getting to that point, what you're afraid of that point. Now, what's one thing that you're deeply proud of so far? The cliche there would be kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that is true, but but it's a cliche answer. So um, I think joining the 501st Legion, which is a, a Star Wars costuming group, that's which been is how huge. Which how we met. Yeah. I met, I met a lot of people, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's been a massive pivot point for me. Um, you know, I was lucky enough, you know, the, the girls were a little bit older, um, so I had a little bit more time. And instead of just pissing that time away playing video games or doing something not productive, you know, I, I spent it um, consciously wanting to give back to the community. Um, and that's what the Five Hour First Legion has allowed me to do. And it sets a really good example for the, my kids as well. Yep. Um, so, yeah, being able to, to go to the children's hospitals and, um, you know, go to all the fundraisers, you know, it might just be a school fair, but it means a lot to that community. Um, and I get a lot out of that. Um, but, I mean, it's stemming from that, I mean, uh, the, the, our family wanted to do something together, you know, when they don't have costumes. So, you know, we, we, we did a, a um, fed the homeless people at, um, at Christmas um, one year. I mean, I've, I'm not a massive fan of Christmas. Um, it sort of gives me the shits a fair bit. Um, I'm a big fan of, of what it means in terms of getting family together. But, unfortunately, it seems to be that the, the messages are wrong. It's all about... Spending crap loads of money yeah, and yep. giving presents and people, you know, receiving presents that you don't want. Um, to me, it really should be about family and giving and spending time. Um, yeah, spending time and and so you know we wanted to give our um our like some time up and 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 yeah feed, feed the homeless at um at the shelter down in um in Newcastle, and that was a really humbling experience. So uh, I'd be keen to do that again. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds fascinating. And that's nothing w- to me. Was that, like it's was that just a volunteer thing? Like, There's an, or- an organisation that obviously already does that. Yeah, there, there is an organisation that does that. Um, uh, I hate that the name eludes me right now. But um, but yeah, no, th- there's a, a dedicated uh, organisation that, that runs that each year. Yeah, because I, I got this dream and one day I want to try and do it. And I'm probably going to need help, to be honest, if, if I ever get it off the ground. But I've got this huge blue sky dream of... Opening up this uh, community centre and there's like kitchens and laundries and people can come in and learn life skills, feed people if I have to, um, with the, have a cafe where kids can come in and learn how to make coffee so they can go and get that first job. Yep. I think that would be just, it's something I've always dreamed about doing and it would be so so much of a, for me, an achievement of giving back. And w- the goal is, that, like, if you if you learn a skill from this this venture, you come back and teach that skill. Yeah, you pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is something that I want to do one day. Hopefully I can get it off the ground. Yeah, it'd be a great venture. Just we've got to win that money. Yeah. Well, let me know when you do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll be in there helping to volunteer. Yeah, no, that's something that I want to get off the ground. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps everything up, mate. Nice. Uh, what I what I, what what I want to do with uh, this particular chat is like if we've talked about childhood, and I bring it to to now, 
Um, I'm sure there's a shit ton of stuff we could cover still. Um, but when it when it when the time comes and this series is over, I'll I'll go back and revisit people, and just talk about more specific things because I, I know that uh, we brought up off off radio off off air. Uh, we're talking about Transformers and. Um, Maybe we'll do a whole episode just trying to get into Transformers. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, because I, d- I didn't want to touch on it because I think we've we've covered a fair bit, but we'll we'll open up into Transformers again. My my final question, I like to ask people, is um, what is happiness? What's happiness? What is happiness? And th- this is not you're not trying to work that out for for other people. This is you. What is happiness? What's happiness for me? I think. Family time is massive for me. Yeah, it, it's because um, I've I've had some some you know some mental challenges over the last few years. But something that I've found that's really helped me is just spending time with the kids. Yeah, uh, you know, spending time with with Susie and um, you know we, we've been spending more and more um, of our afternoons playing some some um, pretty cool board games. Um, so. Yeah, I've been really enjoying that time with them and learning these new games and, and figuring out the new strategies. Um, but, yeah, it's just being around the kids. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I think that would be it. Yeah, I think I think it's probably a pretty commonly shared uh, sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. All right, beautiful, man. Um, I love chatting. It was great. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's good. I always like it? talking to you. Yeah. It's, um, it's good therapy. It is good therapy. I think that's why I want to do it too. Because I get to get out of my own headspace, and I don't think other people realise like that they're they're rather a bit daunting, daunted by opening up and everything being recorded. But once it's all over, they tend to go, "Man, that was good." Have you been interviewed? No. Do you want to be interviewed? It's been talked about. There's a plan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've been attacked. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. We gotta turn this around. You need to be. I. I. My fear is that like. I can. I can talk and. I can lead a conversation and I can circle back and do things. And I think, well, if I'm the one getting interviewed, um, I might just clam up and nothing will happen. I doubt that. I'm pretty sure I'll talk under underwater with marbles in my mouth, to be honest. <laughs> but yes, it's definitely something that's going to happen. Good. Because you grew up with a lot more with... Um, I, I never got into comic books so much when I was young and, and that was a major part of your life, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I was a bit of a comic collector. Yeah. Not huge. Not not as Probably not as huge as it... it might seem from observing me from outside, yeah. But definitely, uh, yeah, it was part of my life. Yeah. Okay. We'll get. We'll. we'll well, I look forward to hearing that episode. Yeah. Well, once it's up, it's up. Yeah. Maybe if I can get like fifty of these in under my belt, then then someone uh, w- someone can interview me, or maybe yeah. a, gr- a a panel of people can interview. A me. panel. Yeah. <laughs> get attacked from all angles. Interview the maker. Yeah. All right, mate. Thanks again. This was awesome. I loved it. Thank you.